Well, before we begin our Torah study tonight, let's pray together. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher kidshanu b'mitzvotah v'tzivanu la'asok b'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. As we're beginning our study, I just feel the need to encourage you to experience the rest and refreshment that are available to all of us on Shabbat. We're taking Shabbat right now on live from home. We're taking Shabbat together and each one of us is in our homes, but this is a time where we can enter into the rest and the refreshment that God himself is experiencing that he invites us into. So enjoy the Shabbat and open your heart to receive rest and refreshment, especially if you're tired and you're weary. I've noticed when we gather in the synagogue over the years on Friday night, many people are coming from work. They're coming from a really busy and demanding week, and they come into the synagogue on Friday night, sometimes uh, just plopping down because they are so tired. And then as they enter into worship, as they enter into the Hebrew prayers together with us, something happens and their energy not only returns, it increases. And by the end of the service, they are filled with life and filled with rest and refreshment that they experience just in that short time together. I'm hoping that tonight, you'll experience something like that. And I know some of you could really use some rest and refreshment. If you need rest and refreshment, don't hesitate to put that in the comment section right now. I need rest and refreshment. And before I get into the main theme for tonight, I, I wanna mention that in the Torah portion this week, you may have noticed that there are a lot of protocols a lot of direction about what to do, when to do it, how to do it, very specific things, very detailed protocols. And I don't know about you, but when I was reading those protocols this week, I was thinking I can relate to this. Getting the protocols down right is really important, isn't it? Well, let's turn to a subject that I want to speak about tonight. It has to do with us being light in our speech being ministry to God and from God to other people. It's important for us to be light and not to hide our light under a basket. That means we need to be visible and we need to be known. We have good news to tell. We have good news to tell about Yeshua. And we have good news to tell about our own congregation. We are a congregation that is a mixed congregation. We are a mixed people. We are Jews and we are people from many other backgrounds as well. And we have a calling. God wants to restore the Jewish people, and we're responding to that call, but he also wants to restore the other ethnic and people groups. And not only that, he wants to restore all of us together so that Jews and people from different ethnicities and backgrounds, different languages and people groups, different races and, and colors, we can not only live together, but we can be at peace together and we can show love 
together to each other. And our congregation reflects this. Of course, we're not perfect, though congregation is. We do, though, come from many different backgrounds, many different countries of origin, many different skin colors in our congregation, black, brown, white. We are a community that demonstrates that we serve the Lord of equal men. You can write that down, the Lord of equal men. And we serve the Lord of equal women, the Lord of equal women. You can write that down. The Lord of equal men, the Lord of equal women, the Lord of equal men and women. God treats us with value. He knows that each one of us has value and we have worth. And the Lord considers all of us worthy of his love and his redemption. I love what Isaiah 49 verse 6 says. The Lord says, it's too small a thing for you to only be my servant for the restoration of the tribes of Jacob, to restore only the Jewish people and to only bring back those of Israel that I have kept. I will also make you a light for the nations a light for the other ethnic groups, a light for other people groups, so that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. So our call to the Jewish people is also a call to serve other people groups too. And it's also a call as a community to be at peace with each other, to enjoy each other's differences, to know that God understands what he's doing by making us so different, but bringing us together. Yeshua's disciples learned that all of us are important. That's why today and every day, we can say you are important. The different nations, the different people groups and ethnic groups are important. You are all important. Some of you, I wanna encourage you, write that in the comment section right now. You are important. We all, are important. And I love what the Apostle Peter, the Apostle who was called to Jewish people but was used by God to bring the gospel to Gentiles, in Acts 10 verse 34, he, he says it this way, now I really understand that God does not show favoritism. He welcomes those from every nation, every ethnic group who respect him and do what is right. He has given this message for the Jewish people. We proclaim the gospel of peace through Yeshua the Messiah, who is Lord of all the people groups. Some of you, would you write this in the comments? Yeshua is Lord of all people groups. Sometimes when we read about the nations, we think about governmental entities and political boundaries and the kinds of uh, demarcations you see on a globe or on a map, but it's actually something different. The Lord is not just limiting his lordship to those governmental entities, but rather he is the Lord of every people group, every ethnicity, every nationality. We are all equal before him, male and female, rich and poor, young and old, native born and immigrant. We are a community at Beth Israel that's brought together because we love God. We love Messiah Yeshua. We love the scriptures. We love one another. We love our country. We love Israel. 
and the Jewish people. And we love the nations of the world that have been gathered together by God from many faraway places we've come. And we've been brought by the Lord together. My hope, my dream is to have to have at least one member at Beth Israel in Jacksonville who is from each of the countries that we're able to connect with through our podcast and now through Live From Home on Facebook and also on YouTube. And so that's a hope that I have, that we would have in from every place, the furthest places that we're able to reach, we would have a local member who is a representative of those faraway places. Well, all these loves, all these things bind us together and we can say for that reason about our own country, God bless America. And we can say, let the United States support Israel, the Holy Land and the homeland of the Jewish people. And we can say as well, with boldness in these days to our American Jewish families and friends, do not be afraid to stand with Israel. We are standing with Israel as we're focusing on justice and racial equality and liberty and justice for all in this time. It's so important to understand that that connects to our love for Israel. We don't forsake one in order to pay attention to the other. We pay attention to all of these things together because they are all important to the Lord. So don't be afraid to stand with Israel. Some Jewish people these days are afraid because there is a lot of hostility to Israel that's coming from historically unusual quarters from the liberal and left and even from democratic sides. And, and having grown up in a liberal Jewish family, I can tell you that it's surprising not only to me, but to many people in my extended family, Jewish relatives, who are saying, wow, things have really changed. Who would have thought there would be liberal anti-Semitism and liberal anti-Israel sentiments? But those sentiments are out there. They're very bold and they're taking advantage of the, the difficult situation in our country right now. So be on the alert. We are standing for racial equality and we are standing for Israel and we are standing with the Jewish people and we're standing with Messiah and we're standing with each other. We're standing with all the nations of the world and all their diversity and all that God is wanting to do. So it's important for us to hold all this together and to understand this is essential. It's part of what God has done for us. And I wanna encourage you, it's good news. What we're experiencing together as a community, what we have experienced, what we are experiencing and what we will experience, it's unusual. And many people don't even know that there's such good news going on. They don't know that people of such different backgrounds can, can love each other and be together. And for some people, it's, a, it's an ideal, but it's an abstraction. It's not a lived reality. For us, it's part of our real life. Every one of you at Beth Israel, I want to say thank you for being a man, a woman of compassion, and for being someone who really wants to be used by God to make a difference, to shine God's light, and to be an instrument of grace. I want to encourage you, be strong and be courageous to be gracious. Let's tell our friends, let's tell our colleagues, let's tell our families that God is doing a good work among us. People need to know 
that there is good news. There's so much bad news, it can really drag you down. We need to tell others that we're loving each other. We're listening to each other, we're serving each other, and we're working together. And with that in mind, I want to share some thoughts about how we can serve the Lord with our speech. And so I'm calling this message, with a grin, lip service lip service. Now, normally when we say someone is just giving lip service, we mean someone is only talking and they're not acting. It's all talk. It's talk, talk, talk. But I want to use it in a positive way. Lip service, meaning serving the Lord with our lips, with our speech, with what we say and how we say it and the way we say it, and also how we connect our heart and our ears, listening to others. Every one of us who loves God, every one of us who wants to serve him has to learn how to speak well. We have to learn how to listen so that we can hear other people. And we have to learn how to listen to how other people think so we can speak to different kinds of people. This week I heard something from T.D. Jakes that inspired me, and I'll, I'll quote as best I can from my notes of what he said. He said, you cannot live at peace with people you don't talk to. If you only talk to people who agree with you and who share your perspective, you will never be well-rounded enough to resolve any real problems until we come together and we reason together and we hear each other's perspectives without putting pressure on people to have your opinion about it, then America will never fully be the United States of America. I like that sentiment. I thought it was important. If we're gonna really resolve big problems, serious problems, we can't just communicate and connect with people who share our opinions and our perspectives. We have to listen to each other from different perspectives. And I know for all of you who are using social media right now, and in fact, every one of you is using it, who's uh, watching this on Facebook or on uh, Facebook Live, or even later on YouTube, this is coming to you through social media. Those of you who are listening via podcast later, you'll get it another way. But I want to tell you, one of the great things about social media is it can connect us to people far and wide. One of the great problems with social media is it can connect us to people who think like we do. And it can also be used as an instrument of, um, ooh, I wanted to say it, I'm going to say it, of vile disregard and disrespect for other people. The language that some people are using on our social media these days is so disrespectful. It's the kind of language you wouldn't want uttered in your own home and you wouldn't want anyone to say to you face to face. And I can tell you that we need to learn to do better. Well, I wanna to turn to the Haftor portion. The call of Jeremiah is part of our readings and his reluctant response. And the Lord called Jeremiah to be a prophet of Israel, but also to be a prophet to the nations of the world. And Jeremiah had no confidence in himself. And the Lord said, well, that's okay, because I've given you the ability to hear me and to see the things that I show you. So if you have your Bibles with you, and I hope you do, turn to Jeremiah chapter one. We'll look at verses four through eight. Here's the word 
the Lord gave that came to me. Here is the word of the Lord that came to me. Verse five, this is from the Lord speaking to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I separated you for myself. I have appointed you to be a prophet to the nations, to the different people groups, and the different nationalities, the different ethnic groups of this world. You're not only called to be a prophet to Israel, but a prophet to the nations. So it's a remarkable idea that the Lord is expressing to Jeremiah, I knew you before you were born, even before you were conceived. That's amazing. Jeremiah was chosen by God before he had been created, knitted together, and before he had done anything. It's not that he had demonstrated that he could do well. It's the Lord knew that he could equip him and work with him to do well. But it would take serious conversation and engagement. It was important for Jeremiah to not only share his opinion and his response and his perspective, but to listen to the Lord who had a different perspective. Verse six, so I, Jeremiah said, oh, Adonai Elohim, I don't even know how to speak. I'm just a lad, I'm just a child. Jeremiah was saying to the Lord, Lord, I know what you're saying, but I can't do it. I, I don't know how to speak. I don't know what to say. I, I don't know how to say it. Verse seven, but the Lord said to me, don't say, I'm just a child. Now, I think this is useful for young people. Don't say I'm just a child. But when I was sharing with my wife today, Sandy had an insight that I think is really important. It's not just children. It's not just young ones who might say, I can't do it. Older people can say the same thing. Well, I can't do that. I'm too old. I can't do that. I don't have the strength. I don't have the ability whether you're young like Jeremiah or you're an older person or you're something in between, I can tell you this, God wants to use you to be a blessing to other people. He wants to use you to proclaim good news to other people who are in rough shape and going through difficulty. Some people who are far away from God need to hear that there's good news, that you can tell them how to get back to God. Some people who once knew the Lord, but turned away from him because of disappointment or sorrow, or just because of life's troubles, or because they didn't keep a close relationship with God because of their own neglect. Some of those people are wondering, can I ever get back? And I wanna encourage you to bring good news to those people and to let them know, yes, you can. There is a way you can return. You can turn around. You can make teshuva and turn to God and you can come close to him. Now the Lord keeps saying more to Jeremiah. And this is the next thing that the Lord says, Jeremiah, you will go to whomever I send you and you will speak whatever I command you. And I thought about that. The Lord was saying to Jeremiah, I'll send you to the ones I want you to speak to. What you need to do is tell them what I tell you to say and how I tell you to say it. Get the words right. Get the tone right. Get the attitude right. Verse 8. Now, this part, I think, is actually a bit serious. And on the other hand, it's got a touch of humor in it. 
the Lord says to Jeremiah, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, says Adonai, to rescue you. Don't be afraid of them. Whereas the translation Sandy was reading says, don't be afraid uh, of their faces. Don't be afraid when you're face to face with them. I am with you and I will save you. And I think there's humor in that last line. Don't be afraid of them. I'll rescue you. You know what that means? Jeremiah will need rescuing. Don't be afraid. I'll save you out of this. I think Jeremiah was smart enough and understood enough that he got the point. You're going to rescue me. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to need rescuing. You've appointed me. You've told me to do something. You're sending me into dangerous territory, but you're telling me not to be afraid. Okay, Lord, now I'm going to decide. Will I trust you given that assignment? I can tell you the life of the prophet is not easy, is it? And friends, we are called in the Messianic movement to be a prophetic movement, to carry some of this same torch, if you will. And this is what we've signed up for. And so it's important for us to have the right heart and the right attitude as well. This week's Brita Shah portion is in 1 Peter chapter 3. It starts in verse, verse 8. <clears throat> And I'd like to ask some of you who are writing in the comments now to put that in the comments section. 1 Peter 3, verses 8 through 12. And I was reading this and Sandy was reading it uh, this week. It's one of the assigned portions. It's very useful for us. And Sandy uh, took the time to write this by hand and then to send me a note um, in her handwriting with this scripture just to encourage me and to strengthen me and also to encourage me to share this with you. And, and I want to share this with you. I want to thank my wife for being a good student of the word and a faithful reader of the word and having good disciplines about studying the scriptures. And not only that, but sharing the scriptures. It's one thing to read the scriptures for yourself. It's another to take what God gives you that's useful for you and share it with other people. First Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Now about like-minded, it doesn't mean everybody think the same way about everything. It means be like-minded about the Lord and about our relationship together and have an attitude that's sympathetic towards one another. So love one another, be compassionate towards one another and humble regarding one another. Verse nine, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, on the contrary, and that's a good word, good phrase, on the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. And I know for everyone who is in the midst of struggle these days, because of racial inequalities, because of discrimination and prejudice, because of limits that have been placed on you because of the color of your skin, because of your race, because of your family background, because of your language or, or for any of these reasons that 
we're so concerned about in, in this time period. I want to encourage you to take this to heart. You were called to repay evil with blessing. And by this, you inherit a blessing. It's very hard to do. The world will not teach you this, but this is the teaching that comes from the apostle Peter to all of us. And Peter learned this from Yeshua himself. It's an important teaching. You're not gonna hear this in the secular world. You are not gonna hear about the need to, um, to respond to evil with blessing, but only how to defeat evil another way. I wanna encourage you to use the spiritual power of blessing as a way of responding to evil in your midst. You don't bless evil with evil. You don't simply ignore the evil, but rather when it comes to language, if people are speaking wrongly, don't just respond from your gut with the same kind of thing coming from your mouth. It's very hard to do, I can tell you. Verse 10, and here the Apostle Peter is, is quoting from Psalm 34. That's worth reading on your own. Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. It's so important for us to grasp this because we need to get our hearts right, we need to get our attitudes right, we need to get our speech right so that we can be used by God because that's what we've been called to. We're not just called to repay insult with insult. We're not just called to pour out evil upon those that have done evil, but we are called to be a blessing that defeats evil because we say that evil stops with me. I'm turning from evil. I'm not going to use the tools of evil. I'm not going to use those ways because I serve a good God. I serve a God who can work justice and who can work mercy. He can cause justice to roll like the rivers. He can pour out his mercy on a nation. He can restore us. He can help us aim towards and move towards the ideals of this country that are expressed in that important phrase, liberty and justice for all. He can help us do that. It is so important in these days that, that we pay attention to some of these important thoughts from our scriptures and also from the founding documents of the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution and the amendments to the Constitution, including the Bill of Rights. It's so important that we pay attention to these because these will hold us together. They will give us some ideals to aim for and some practicalities that are spiritually and historically very powerful. We have to be careful to avoid all of those extremists on either side who have a totally different agenda. And what they want to do at this time is not cause us to achieve our ideals, but they want to tear down 
They want to destroy. They want to replace our ideals with other goals. And I can tell you, if you allow men of violence to lead you, believe me, they'll be violent towards you too. You won't escape violence. They will not be men of peace. Men of peace are men of peace. But be careful. Be careful when the voices of extremism are arguing for the total destruction of the American system because they have another system in mind. They're not looking for us to make progress, serious progress towards our ideals or to deal with our failures and our injustices. No, they have a whole other view. And I warn you that historically, when the extremists on either side start conflicting with each other, you don't want to be in the middle of that conflict. You want to stand on solid ground and do things that are pleasing to God and that hold, cause us to be steady and stable, even in the midst of a storm. With this in mind, I want to close with some scriptures that have been important to me. They're expressed in the Amidah prayers and some of the blessings that follow those in the traditional Jewish prayer book, the Siddur. And the first part comes from Psalm 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That's Psalm 19, verse 14. It's so powerful. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my own heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And then Psalm 34, verse 13, O Lord, guard my tongue from evil and my lips from speaking guile. And those who speak against me, let me give no heed. These are important sentiments. When I was a boy going to synagogue growing up, I would read these passages at the end of the Amidah and the Siddur, and I would pray them sincerely, and I pray them today sincerely, and I ask you to make those prayers for yourself. Oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you, O oh Lord my rock and my redeemer. Let that be our prayer. And Lord, guard my tongue from evil and my lips from speaking guile. Each one of us is capable. We need to be guarded and protected. We're capable of speaking evil. Guard my tongue, Lord. Let my lips not speak guile. And those who speak against me, let me give no heed. Let me not take personally the conflict, Lord, where I then enter into evil speech myself. That is our prayer, isn't it? That's our heart's desire. That is the Lord's direction to each one of us. And as we speak the truth, the scripture says, speak the truth in love. The, the truth spoken without love ceases to be the truth of God. It has missing a most important quality. Our God is a God of restoration, a God of reconciliation, a God of love and compassion. And it's necessary for each of us to learn how to include that, those qualities 
and that attitude into our own speech. I want to encourage you. Don't just feel guilty, but take notice when you're doing good. Be encouraged by that. Don't just say, oh, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. But say this, God is doing a mighty work in our lives and in this in this world. And because God loves this world so much, he sent his only son, Yeshua, so that everyone who would turn to him and put their trust in him and make him Lord and Messiah, that they wouldn't perish. They would have eternal life. That's my heart's desire for you. It's my heart's desire for me that we would not only receive this good news, we would spread this good news and we would have a way of showing other people how we could live in the midst of trouble. If someone got under your skin this week, if someone got your goat this week, if someone irritated you, if someone stirred up impatience in you, if someone insulted you this week, take time to work through it so that you can Deal with your own attitudes in such a way that you'll be ready to respond with words that are gracious to God and acceptable to God and attractive to him. I know you can do it. I know we can do it. We need to keep praying in this direction for ourselves and for others as well. And we have to understand that the light that we have grows stronger and stronger and more attractive when our speech is seasoned with salt, with gracious words and words that are attractive to others. And as well, when our ears are open to hear other points of view and other perspectives, when we can listen and not just put pressure on people to agree with us and to see things the way that we do, but to take the time to hear people of different perspectives. Even if they don't say things exactly the way we want them to say things, let's be gracious towards them in the way that we wish they would be gracious to us. And if we do this, you know what? Our light will be strong, our message will be strong, and we will be able to fulfill the things that God spoke to the prophets Isaiah and the prophets Jeremiah about our great calling. You might say, well, I'm not good speaking like that, or I'm not so diplomatic, I'm really blunt or direct. You can be honest, you can be direct without being destructive and without being harmful. If your heart is right, you can do it. You might say, well, I don't know how to do it. Well, here's what the Lord said to Jeremiah. Don't say what I don't tell you to say. Say what I tell you to say, how I tell you to say it, the way I tell you to say it, to the people I tell you to say it. If each one of us checks our words carefully to make sure they're acceptable to the Lord and pleasing to the Lord before we blurt out things, you know what? We'll be a bigger blessing and other people will see the work of God in our midst. For some people, if we were to talk to them in a kind and gracious way, they would think that a miracle has happened, that we've changed so much that they could only explain it as a miracle from God. That could be your testimony. Well, it, it's time to receive our offerings, and we don't do it the way we we do it in person, we do it online. I wanna thank all of you who are faithful to continue to support Beth Israel with your commitments of tithes 
and your offerings and even your sacrificial offerings. Your faithfulness, your commitment, your generosity, and your cheerfulness really makes a difference. Everything we're doing, we're doing together for the sake of God and for the sake of others. And by standing together with us financially, you enable all of us together to do so much more than what any one of us could ever do. If Fly From Home, if Beth Israel as a congregation, if Messianic Jewish teachings have been a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with your faithful giving and with your generosity? You can go to bethisraelnow.com slash giving, and you'll find on that webpage everything you need about how you can use Giving Fire and PayPal, our online giving platforms that are easy to use, easy to customize, and very safe and secure. You'll also find our mailing address so that you can send checks or use your bank pay system in order to send your support. And we've had no security breaches with any of these methods, and they've worked very, very well for us. Well, I want to close with Aaron's blessing as we normally do at Beth Israel, and then right after that, we'll return to the Corsians for a final worship song. So gather together with your family, and, and let's, let's thank the Lord for the blessing that he gives us. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha. Ya'er Adonai panave lecha v'yichunecha yisa Adonai panave lecha lecha shalom. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you so that you can shine for others. And may the Lord be gracious to you as you season your speech with gracious and attractive words. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Sar Shalom, Yeshua the Messiah. So from Sandy and me, Shabbat Shalom now.